Channing and Mackenzie here, and you're listening to Freshman Founders, a podcast for people who are interested in starting their first business and want to know how it really works. Whether you're a business major, interested in the startup lifestyle, or passionate about making a particular change in the world, this podcast is the one for you. Welcome back to Freshman Founders. This is episode four, all things legal. Legal, important, boring, but necessary. Yeah, you know, we we don't all like to think about it, but with all the mistakes we've made in it, we thought that it could be important to maybe shed some light on it and what you might actually need to think about before you get started. Yeah, so you don't get sued. We, didn't, we haven't been sued. But or audited. Haven't been audited. Things like that. But just in case. Some things we need to know. People come to us too, or they go to others going, what do I actually really need to get started with this business? And that's what we wanted to talk about most because it lo- it feels like this huge, big cloud of unknown. Like, what, what do I have to actually do? And really, it's actually, it's pretty simple. Of course, you're going to do, you know, like we've talked about in season one, you're going to do your customer vetting and validating of ideas. But to actually Make your, you know, to stake your claim and say, this is a company and I am real, you have to register your company. And there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. And so we wanted to talk through those and then what kind of agreements you have to get in place. There's a few types of companies that you can be registered as. Um, A very popular one is an LLC, limited liability company. And, you know, anybody can really do that. That could be any type of business. Eva Moore is actually a C-Corp, and we had to do that because of an accelerator we went through to receive investment. And that's really a benefit of the investors more so they can get their payout. When we became a C-Corp, it was really not cool because we got double taxed and it was really difficult, but it's getting better. Yeah, most companies start as an LLC, like we initially did with our first company before we converted, like Ken's was saying, to a C-Corp. And the reason people like to become an LLC is it's it's easy on taxes. It's really flexible on up, upper management and how you want to, you know, formulate your business. It in the main reason why we want to become a business is to also protect our personal assets. And so LLC really does all of that. And just to kind of add a little bit more on the C-Corp, the main reason why, a, you know, a startup maybe would become that right now, because again, it's a corporation. Like we do not feel like a corporation, but it's a uh, preferred and what's expected if you were to think of, you know, multiple investors being a part of it, getting to that next level of acquisition. They say preferred for IPO, but I think a lot of startups think preferred for acquisition. I remember first when we were learning about, okay, now we're becoming a C-Corp. What does that really mean? There's also an S-Corp. Honestly, just just uh, put that one off to the side. Really think of being an LLC. S-Corps are for when you want really just a pass-through. You can put the taxes of your business onto your personal income tax at the end of the year. And really, we just like to keep things separate. We like to have our business being its own entity. So I like to say if you're thinking of a startup, maybe start with LLC and you might have to venture into C-Corp as well. And then once you decide, okay, this is what I want my company to be, it can also seem scary. What are those legal costs going to look like to get that started? 
And luckily, a, a lot of lawyers have a flat rate package for registering your business and getting everything up and running. And it's really not as crazy as you'd think. I remember when we were talking about starting our operating agreement, which I'll, we'll talk about in a second, and registering our business, the flat rate for that was 750 bucks. And a lot of lawyers do that. You can ask a professor who's someone they would use, or you can, you know, see who's kind of out in the community assisting startups and entrepreneurs with these. But you can get started and get trademarked and everything for, I think, under 1500 bucks. Something we could talk a little bit about is trademarks. Um, not everybody will ever need to get a trademark, but um, plenty of people will. So even more, we have trademarks, the name and the logo and kind of the color scheme we own. So that was a process that we could not have done without a trademark lawyer, which pretty much you just kind of tell them, you know, what exactly you're trying to trademark um, and have ownership of. And then also you have to kind of say what the scope of your business is or what are you, you know, what are you selling and then it's like it takes a long time. You just pay. And then if you're there first, it's yours. And that's really the main thing is you just want to be able to have that documentation of the date that you really started this trademark and when you can say that you're able to utilize this brand. Um, it's really like writing a song. You want to be able to have that copyright for your work. And I remember that you know, it gets a little tough because you can also – you're really trademarking your name within your your business realm. Your area of work. Industry. Industry, yes. Yeah. You're you're saying, okay, we're trademarking even more in this range. I'm like, well, I want to trademark even more for everything. Right. But as some of you might know, even more – or I don't even know. It's spelled a little differently, but it's a water as Yeah, well. they don't have an E on the end of their name. Yeah. We get tagged a lot in Maybe their things. Maybe it's Evermore. Evermore. Which yeah. many people call us still. Hey. And I remember we were trying to trademark Eva initially. Yeah. We were we wanted to just be called Eva, which I'm I'm glad we aren't because that would could mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Yeah. That we did not get the trademark for Eva, <laughs> not even close. Uh well we didn't even try the process because we knew there was way too many things out there that would make that hard. Makes me think like what if you were a a really crazy parent and you wanted to trademark a name for your kid, would that be beneficial? Man, I wouldn't I do it. I bet someone's done it. I'm <laughs> sure someone's tried. <laughs> Let's talk about the operating agreement. Great. Do we? When was the last time we did that? Oh, it was, man. See, a lot of these things, it's like you do it at the beginning and you probably should check back in with it. But I feel like we just, in our instance, didn't, because didn't we first do that when we... Had a third partner? Indeed. Indeed, is we that, did. So, we edited it. Okay. I remember from that. You, you did. I, I yeah. Know, this is news to me. Eh, those are jobs I guess <laughs> I'll do. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is very much become Channing's role. Um, I hear Mackenzie sighing over there after she sees each topic. Sighing, snoring. Um, <laughs> hey, it's got to be done. I mean, I was literally just updating our bylaws yesterday, and I was like, I was a songwriting major. <laughs> How was I doing this? But the operating agreement, it's something that, if anything, in a way, I, I think it was it, it was really cool because it provided a foundation for, for you and me as business partners in a lens that we hadn't had before. They were like, okay, you guys need to kind of put down on paper – Who's going to do what? Doesn't even matter if that's what actually happens. But you also need to think about 
What if one of you leaves to do something else? What if both of you, you know, continue to do this and this happens? Like it, 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 you kind of in the operating agreement have to work through all of these clauses of what ifs, which I think is a great starting point for partners and teams to really talk through some of those hard things. I remember we had to talk about what if hap- happens with someone's assets if one of us dies. It's like, we don't yeah. want to talk about that, but we have to. And I think yeah. the fact that that's something that's required when you're registering your business, there are questions that you're going to be thankful you had to talk through at the beginning. Yeah. It's definitely better to think about it before it ever becomes an issue. And it kind of goes along with equity how you distribute equity among founders. You know, everybody does can do that a little differently. Um, Some people will just do a 50-50, but you just have to kind of be in agreement on why it's going to look a certain way and why it's going to work for you. And you've probably heard it called like people are like, oh, what does the what does the cap table look like? You know, your capital table of equity, how everyone is divided up and how that 100% is really mm-hmm. how it looks for you. And Ours is a shit show. Definitely. Yeah. We But it's okay. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be if we didn't make some mistakes early on, but I think also everything we've done I think has happened for a reason and brought us to the next opportunity. So, we've cleaned it up a lot. Oh yeah. It started out as a shit show yeah. for sure. And again, we just we had to we had to work our way through. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling good about it now, but definitely (laughs) was not then. (laughs) Yeah, I think we've talked about equity in a Mm -hmm. previous episode, but it is so hard because while it is the most valuable thing you'll ever have more than any instant cash or somebody, you know, paying money to do something, it's it's extremely valuable and you don't want to just give it out, just dish it to anybody. But at the same time, if you don't give it to the right people, you won't be worth anything because you need people to help you grow, whether that's someone that's giving you money in exchange for equity or a co-founder or maybe somebody that is d- doing your development and you they get a piece of equity so you can pay them less. Like whatever that looks like, it's, it's always going to be a little bit of a challenge. Totally. And just have to make a quick note right here. Like there's going to be a lot of people that come in and want to tell you how to run things. And that's okay. It's good to take their advice and to listen to them. But I bring that up to say a lot of people came in and were like, when, with the operating agreement, how are you structuring your board agreement, your advisory agreement, and everything at the beginning? And we're like, we don't know. We just got to kind of figure it out. We, we got to get started. And, you know, with that a lot of people then to expect equity, you mm-hmm. know, because they're advising you. And you be really careful with those because some of the best advisors and the best mentors for us have never asked, thought, or even questioned that that was going to be in return because they just, they they understand, they've lived through it, how much that equity really means. And just have to say, you know, really being careful about it and who actually you could see being a part of that company and giving advice to it for years down the road.
As you guys know, Mackenzie and I, we went to Belmont University and we took entrepreneurship classes together and learned, you know, some of the key points of how to build a business there. And we're so thankful that the Belmont University Center for Entrepreneurship is sponsoring Freshman Founders. And the Center of Entrepreneurship has tons of resources to support student entrepreneurs, such as two on-campus co-working spaces, competitions throughout the year, free business building clinics, and mentorship and grant opportunities. Belmont is also ranked by the Princeton Review as one of the top 25 entrepreneurship programs in the nation, and the only one in Tennessee. The Center for Entrepreneurship guides students through every phase of their entrepreneurial journey, beginning their freshman year and lasting a lifetime. Let's talk about taxes. Taxes. Fun stuff. Oh, yes. So we just finished our taxes like a week ago. Well, what what is it? The 16th is the day that is due? I thought the 15th. But. The 15th. <laughs> well, I feel like everybody was a little late this year. Yeah, like, it came up quick. I knew like three people that were – it was Monday, the 15th, well, that and they was, were like – I was maybe the 4th. <laughs> I think you were in the three, but <laughs> – I knew one of them was you. I think that something that we've learned, and it's tough for founders, is, you know, I mean, this is such a bigger topic, like managing the wellness of you technically as like an employee of your company and you also as the employer. And we have to really feel this through C-Corp because that's one thing with being a C-Corp is you have to payroll yourself. Whereas LLC, it's a lot more um, lenient in how you actually pay yourself as a founder. Um, But so it kind of even gets in our mindset. We're like on payroll, but we're owners. And like over here with the owner hat on, we want to, you know, minimize any money going out of the business. And we're very, very frugal and really thinking through that on a strategic business play. But on wearing the employee hat, it's like, I need to survive. And you're thinking of your personal taxes versus business taxes. It gets tricky. And something that we have found, hey, don't know if it's the answer for all, but of course when you're a C-Corp, really with any company, you should have a professional, I think, a professional accountant taking care of that for you and bookkeeper. There's even C-Corp specialized accountants um, just because it's it's a little bit more lengthier of a process. And it's, it's very nice to have that team, um, you know, there to really help you through that. And then obviously with personals. Don't go to H&R Block for your business taxes. This is a... Uh... Not sponsored by H&R Block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hate H&R Block. This is sponsored by Belmont, but uh, not H&R Block. <laughs> that um, didn't work out for us, and I really hope it does for other people. It must because they seem huge. I don't know if we can say that, and I'm sorry, but, you know, this this episode, as you can see, is definitely a uh, it's a relaxed episode. We don't have someone in the third seat. It's uh, back to biz as is with Mackenzie and Shannon. We didn't want to put someone else through this misery. No, no. We just thought we'd put it you guys through it. So, mm, yeah. but just kidding. It's skip around it's if helpful. you want. Yeah. Um, skip to right now. Let's talk about IP. IP is very important in a lot of technology companies, people that are engineering something, creating a new process or look of something, anything that's not been done before, you know, you can get IP intellectual property on. What I'd say is like, know, know what you are, you know, like if you are basically NASA, but mini version, like spend a lot of time and initial capital on making sure you have that taken care of. If you are a up and coming startup, 
just get started first. Maybe that's not the right advice to give, but I just think go get started and you can add that IP, start talking to an IP lawyer about what your IP can look like. But your company changes so much in those first couple of months to a year that you might have spent, you know, six months and six grand on, you know, patenting something that's really not even what you're truly doing right now. But again, of course, take that with a grain of salt based on what you are trying to And it only matters if someone could use it later or if someone is going to want to use it later and then they can't because you have it. You know, if no one ever is going to want to take it from you, then, you know, it might not be that valuable. Yeah. Our our CTO, uh, you know, just told us a story a couple days ago about how, you know, he launched a tech business and then throughout the process, he filed patents based on what he was creating at the time. And then those were reutilized in other formats. So that that was great to see that he had created things along the way, but it's not what he had initially started with because how could he have known? It's sometimes scary as a startup in technology to think like, oh, I'm worthless if I don't have IP. Well, also something we really like to think about is think about your business knowledge, intellectual property, the connections you build, your book of business. That side of it is just as important when you're starting out. And that can be extremely valuable for other companies and partnerships. If there is anything good to come out of government lately, um, a few things have actually made it, you know, kind of beneficial and more helpful to be a C-Corp as a startup. There's actually an article that just came out, oh man, like two weeks ago in Wall Street Journal saying like why more startups are becoming a C-Corp. And I felt like we were ahead of the curve on this one. Thank you. But um, yeah, so it's like with some personal tax rates going up and if corporate tax rates, since they were lowered um, and actually staying the same, it's actually kind of more beneficial right now to be a startup as a C-Corp. And if you're not taking the money out for personal use, then you don't have that double tax or dividends to start. And so if you're just utilizing revenue for the business and, you know, showing a loss at the end because you're taking all that money and reinvesting it in the business, can be very beneficial. So something to think about, C-Corp, why it matters. I feel like it should be an ad. Another important thing to think about is an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. Uh, And that's important when you are first talking about your business, your ideas with somebody who you wouldn't want to steal the idea, basically. So maybe it's a meeting with a potential partner or, you know, pretty much anybody who does something maybe similar to you and you want to talk about things in depth and not be uncomfortable But I would like to be devil's advocate here because I think you have to implement it at the right time when you are actually a legitimate business or when you are really, you know, if you're a few meetings down the line with someone and you feel like now we're getting into the deep waters and we might actually partner. We've had some experiences where people just are like, no, we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it at all. I'm like, I'm have like, you started? I'm like, you don't even have an existing business. What am I going to steal? Slash, like I care or have the time. But, yeah, some people, like, but the first time you meet them, they're like, I'm not going to talk about this without an NDA. And I'm like, like let's not be too okay, insane with well, it. Okay, well, it doesn't exist, so chill. Exactly. But NDAs are really great. Like, 
you know, right now we are talking to a potential partner that does something similar to us and it could be really awesome for both sides, but we need to be careful. Yeah. We're talking a lot about the ins and outs of our technology that Mm we have built and want full control over. So we will bring an NDA and have them sign it so they can't steal that. Absolutely. I've even felt so uncomfortable maybe talking about it with someone. I think, oh, should I have them sign an NDA? I'm like, actually, I really just don't even want to meet with them. It's a good test for yourself to even see if you want to continue the conversation enough to talk about really sensitive things with your business with this person or company. Yeah. And I wouldn't say an NDA is like an all-saving, you know, document, if you really are uncomfortable talking to somebody or it's an actual direct competitor that you're talking to, you know, don't say everything. Mm -hmm. If you do have valuable things that maybe only some people should know about your company, don't just go blabbing it and then saying, well, I have an an NDA, so I'm good Mm -hmm. because people can do a lot of bad things. Yeah. It's it's finding the right balance, I think, of Talking enough and being open enough with people because then that's how you get to the next step. When you're out networking and you have to have enough of a conversation with someone for them to understand it, but you you have a good feel of what is kind of your secret sauce versus what people need to know. Um, if you're working, you know, with a potential investor, you might need a promissory promissory note or uh, terms of agreement, um, a subscription agreement. You might need a, a letter of intent with a company. There's a lot of these, you know, documents and contracts that you need. And so, I mean, no, no offense to lawyers. I love them. We work with them. We'll talk more about that. But you know, we're a a grungy young startup, go and Google that template and download it and change it to the things you need and then have a lawyer go and look over the final draft because that's just going to save you so much money in the end and templates out the wazoo are available Mm -hmm. to you. So Mm -hmm. I really recommend if you're ever thinking of a certain kind of agreement, does that exist? It does. Mm -hmm. Go look up, look, look it up. And you're going to learn so much even reading the clauses. Mm -hmm. Like terms and conditions that, you know, a lot of people have to have. And I know if you have an app or, you know, several websites, most I think have to have a terms and conditions before you can even upload your app to the app store. You have to have one set in place. So, you know, look at other people's, look at, Um, Some websites that you visit often, they're definitely available and they want you to look at them or or not, but they are, they have to be available for you. So just kind of look at other people's. Something also aside from the investor agreements and subscription agreements is once you actually take on that investment and in turn an investor is receiving stock in equity in your company, you have to provide them an issuance of stock agreement. And sometimes people forget, but you must provide that to them as kind of their certificate of your company. So just make sure that's something else you can Google. It's a very simple template, but just make sure you're thinking of that post all the agreements to get you even to the point of issuing that stock. Now, of course, you know, we're all about saving money here, but 
lawyers are extremely important, especially with, you know, getting things started. But what we've found, too, is it's great to have different lawyers for different things at times. We have an awesome lawyer for really just everything business-oriented, investor agreements, looking those over, making sure everything's good. And then for us, we have a specific entertainment attorney because there's going to be things in the music industry, in the business that we need to be up with the times, we need to know, we have to be current with, and we look to him for that. We also have insurance on our company because we deal with events. That's that's a huge thing for us that a lot of our customers wouldn't even work with us unless we got insurance. So that was something that right away we were like, okay, well, this is something we have to take care of. And, you know, we're going to pay the fee and just be insured. And I'm sure that we're never going to regret getting that early on. Totally. And, you know, think about what what is your company? Like if you have a platform or software, like you also, you need to think about cyber uh, security insurance. There's general liability. There's special events. You know, these are things that we instill, but every company might need something different just to protect itself. Looking through the cup is half full lens of life, this is a bonus episode, I'd say, of all information that we've really had to learn through the the years. And it's really just kind of to touch on the point. So hopefully if something kind of sparks your interest, I don't know if it would, but at least making sure that you're thinking about these things. But if you have questions for us, please go ahead and email us. Yeah, that email is founders at freshmanfounders.com. And feel free to reach out with anything specific or any comments, questions in general. We're going to have an episode at the very end of this season kind of answering everybody's questions throughout. Yeah, and just know we're, we're really, we're open books. Um, we're happy to talk with you offline about what it's like to set up that cap table. What does that operating agreement really look like? Um, and happy to just be friends too. 